Hey, hey, friend. Welcome to today's podcast episode. Today, I'm going to be kicking off the first episode of a mental health series. And in this series, I'm going to start off by today talking about my story and my personal struggle with mental health. And then with the other episodes that will be coming this month on mental health, I'll talk about what has helped my anxiety and depression, things that don't help or completely sabotage my happiness, taking control of your thoughts. We're going to talk about self-care. We're also going to talk about the emotional roller coaster and how to really support and care for yourself, especially in the realm of motherhood, young kids, a lot on your plate, home, work, life, kids, family, all of the things, right? Because a lot of the advice that I hear and the advice that I gave before I had kids really doesn't work for this season of life or it adds more to-dos onto your to-do list for you to be able to do the relaxation, which adds more stress and anxiety and pressure onto you. So realistically, how can you support and care for yourself when you are struggling with something like anxiety and depression? And obviously, I am not a therapist or a doctor. I am just a sister that wants to share her story with you and share what has worked for me, what hasn't worked for me, and really my mental health journey. So that's what you're gonna be hearing a lot in the month of March. Also want to let you know that in April, we will be doing another round, another one, of the Feminine Fitness Foundation's group coaching together. So if you want to get started with us the second week in April, go ahead and join the Feminine Fitness Foundation's enroll now. You can get in there and start learning, diving in, taking advantage of some of the resources that are in there. And then when we are doing the lives and information in the student community, what that looks like is you get bonuses from me. You also get live Q and A's and then also recipes I post in there. What else do we do in there? Oh, the best part, our weekly intention and weekly reflection sections together. So I created a new worksheet for the program that is all about taking a moment to think about what phase you were in, reflect on that week so you have evidence of what is going on in your cycle, how you're feeling, mood, energy, emotion, anything else you got to take note of. Then we set intentions for the week. So kind of planning out or at least just mapping out what is supportive for your cycle in the week to come. And then those are, those have been the coolest, um, lives to do and things to do with the members of the feminine fitness foundations in the student community thus far is seeing those worksheets and i do those worksheets live with you guys so if you are interested in doing this not only as a self-paced course where you get access to the course it's a lifetime membership but you also get access to the group coaching and student community element of it, go ahead and check out the link in the show notes below or tinyurl.com forward slash feminine foundation and it'll be there for you. But today let's roll into the topic of my personal story with anxiety and depression. 
Welcome to Feminine Fitness, a podcast for women that want to make simple shifts in their fitness and nutrition that make a big difference. I'm your host, Joelle, and I've been a health and fitness coach for over a decade. I teach women how to look and feel vibrant every day with workouts, food, and mindset changes that support feminine hormone cycles. Each episode, I will give simple tips that are easy to implement that align your goals with cycle syncing. If you feel like achieving your health and fitness goals is always a fight against your body, I want to help you stop the struggle and work with your body. I'm so glad you're here and welcome to today's episode. All right, so we're going to be taking it back a little bit, but then also kind of bringing it to the present because I have struggled with anxiety and or depression for multiple times in my life. There are times where my mental health is just really on a roll and things are going great and good and it's not really, I'm not getting bombarded with automatic negative thoughts, ANTs which um, Dr. Amen calls them, and I'll reference Dr. Amen in his books multiple times, but there are times where I struggle with a lot, a lot of automatic negative thoughts and other times when I don't. And I recently did a reflection on this, like what was going on in my life when I wasn't struggling with anxiety or depression and what was going on when I was str- struggling with anxiety and depression. And that journaling really helped me become aware of like, oh, I thought I was this way, but really this is showing me a lot of other, this is showing me a lot about myself. And we'll talk about that too. But I want to just start off where really the first time I started noticing myself struggling with anxiety and or depression, probably both were manifesting within me at that time was after a situation that happened when I was 15 years old happened um, with somebody that I was close with and I trusted very, very, very much. Something happened and they told me we absolutely have to keep this a secret. And from the age of 15 to 18, I kept that secret. And I was struggling a lot with anxiety and depression and explosive, explosive emotions towards the people I loved. Like, my parents are seriously the best for putting up with a lot of what I, a lot of how I reacted in that time. And the, the reflection of that was, I read a quote recently that was like, you're only as healthy as the darkest secret you keep. And I was like, that is definitely why I think I had so much anxiety and depression because yeah, obviously as teenagers, we're going to be moody and hormonal, but mine was definitely extreme. And I know that the weight of that secret really hit my heart hard. It hit me hard. It impacted me more than I thought it was. I tried to just like keep it to myself and go on about being a regular teenager and I really do think a lot of my anxiety and depression during those years was a result of keeping that really traumatic secret to myself. And um, there was also some like mind games going on in the mix of those years. And then when I was 18 and I spoke my truth, it was hard. It was scary. I was opening up Pandora's box to a lot of backlash from people that I knew and respected and loved and admired. 
but I knew it was something that I had to do. And I did have loved ones and family members that were supportive and loving and kind and gracious to me and supported me through all of that. And that was also when I went off to college. So I think it was just in, I literally was like, a caterpillar in a cocoon holding a secret and then I came out as a butterfly and I moved away to college. I was in a new environment. I had a totally new friend group um, because of what happened. I don't know why but I just was like oh I don't want to talk to anybody from my high school because I don't know what they think of me now and I stopped talking to anybody from my high school because I was kind of like embarrassed um, and still have like lost friendships and communications with people in my high school years which is like dumb if any of you from my high school are listening but that's why that's why I stopped talking to everybody because I didn't know what people were saying behind my back and going to college was just like this experience where I nobody knew that situation I was a minor so when the case did go to court and there was uh, media and police reports my name was not mentioned because I was a minor at the time so um, even though people in my hometown knew that the reference was to me, local news, I, I wasn't known for the situation, okay? And I went off to college and it was like, I could seriously start over. Nobody knew about that past. Nobody knew about all that I had like been through and experienced in home life or in certain other situations and I just was like thriving I was thriving my freshman year of college like I feel like my soul has always been meant to be an adult and I was around new people and I was doing social things I was going places and have I said meeting new people like that that's something I'm really we'll get back to that reflection that I had but college I was just really having I had a wonderful experience and then college led me to teaching group fitness which led me to working at the gym which led me to meeting my husband and then we got married and and engaged married and started having kids and through that time of like college to um college to my firstborn being pregnant with my firstborn things were really good. Like I would say I I had bad days for sure, had bad days. But when I look at that time of my life, it definitely wasn't dark. Like I think of when I think of when I was like, sorry, I hit my desk, 15 through 18. Okay. So like I can tell that there was like a difference in my 15 to 18 year old self through my college self. And then my husband and I are newlyweds and we I've got like a thriving, successful business that is supporting us and abundantly like just flourishing and growing. And it's crazy how huge and amazing my team is and was at that time. And then I was put, you know, just like I'm going to be the workout girl that's pregnant and blah, blah, blah. And then I was at my 20 week appointment and then there was like oh there could be some complications came back at 21 weeks for a follow-up on that complication by the hand of god my my um doctor took it as seriously as she did because usually they don't in your first pregnancy long story short i have a long story on that of incompetent cervix and i was put i had a surgery i was put on bed rest it was very risky very scary odds were stacked very much against us And I thought that, okay, once I get through this and my son is born, like, then I'm going to be free of 
this kind of like depression because when you are on bed rest and you're by yourself all day long and you're not really moving you can't really go and do much like I mean before 2020 I knew how to social distance because bed rest was social distancing like I I was the only one in that time that I knew that ever stayed home and didn't move and like I couldn't even go get my own groceries if I wanted to right couldn't I wasn't even in right after my surgery I wasn't even putting laundry from the washer to the dryer because I was just so afraid of any sort of movement and which meant I didn't really see anybody everybody else's life went on everybody else continued just on as things were normal as they should right no not not saying anybody needed to change anything for me but it it just felt lonely and then I had my son and I was in baby bliss for two weeks and then silent reflux came in and we didn't know it was silent reflux up until he was like eight or 10 weeks. So living with a screaming, screaming 24 seven, all the time, newborn isolation, isolation once again, and anxiety. I had postpartum depression and anxiety, had a lot of intrusive postpartum thoughts in the first to oh my gosh still kind of battling them today but not as often intrusive thoughts of a motherhood anxiety really and I really do feel like I'm in a space now where I have more good days than bad days but like I'll talk about in the series that's because I've had a lot of work on my mental health I started really taking my mental health seriously I started getting really real with myself that it's my thoughts it's my beliefs it's this trauma it's, it's all creating the chaos that's in my mind right now because if I looked at my life in the moment, everything was uh, is abundant and great and awesome. But my brain and body just has this like fight, fight and flight mode on all the time, 24-7. And which I am still working on and getting better at and you guys will be here with me on this journey. So please let me know, you guys, if you are into this like mental health type of topic and discussion, you know, because I I struggled with it as a high school student and as a new mom for like the first, I'd say like three and a half years of motherhood, really struggling with postpartum depression and anxiety. And going back to that quote of we are only as healthy as this greatest secret that we keep, when I was struggling in the midst of motherhood, I wasn't telling a lot of people that I was struggling with depression and anxiety. I was putting on a front of blissful motherhood. I was putting on a front of, oh, I can do this all with my big expanding business and a newborn at home. Like, I got this. I'm a freaking rock star. And this isn't going to slow me down. Being a mom isn't going to change me. And boy, if I would have just shared more in the moment of my struggle, of my secret, of my thoughts that were just so intrusive and scary at times, maybe I could have found healing way faster than I did. And I probably would have likely from what I've experienced in the past, it, letting it out is so much better than bottling it in because bottling it in, I believe, is what made my depression and anxiety so explosive in my teens and also so explosive in my first three and a half years as a mom, you know? And I am coming, I'm coming to you today on actually a mental health day that isn't the greatest. Like, I recognize that some of my thoughts today are like, 
my podcast isn't growing enough. Do people really like this? Am I sick of talking about fitness and nutrition? Well, I have this podcast called Feminine Fitness. What if I start talking about different things? Like, will people not want to listen? And like, man, my thoughts, and maybe you can relate to this. My thoughts, I am the most critical of myself. And my thoughts can really tear me down. And I'm going to talk about like a lot of the things that I do to help myself when I'm having those intrusive thoughts some tools and skills that I've learned from my therapist, mentors that I've had, and even just podcasts and books that I've um, consumed. So really just wanted to be transparent with you today on there have been times in my life where it's been depression. And I'd probably say in my teens, it was more depressive and anger-like feelings. There's times in my life where I was like, you know, I was really wasn't that things, my thoughts and mood and emotion, I had bad days, yes, but I, I wasn't, I wasn't a slave to it. And then I think about early motherhood, like once I went on bed rest to when my oldest was about three and a half years old, like I was at once again, just living in a mental prison that I put myself in this prison jail of my mind. And I was trying so hard to fight getting out of it. And I've really developed a good space and place. Like even though I said today I'm having a mentally challenging hard day, it's still not like what what it used to be. And what I would encourage you guys to do today, if you are somebody who struggles with depression and anxiety, I want you to take some time to journal today. Take some time to journal today on like a dark dark seasons of your life. So write down those seasons of your life where when you kind of look at it through a lens, you would maybe play it in like black and white or with a really edgy like filter on it. Those dark cloud seasons of time, seasons of time. And then think to yourself, what times was I really like shining, light, vibrant? And look at it from the lens of those and then think about what was the difference? What was the difference? What were some of the things that were different? And what are some of the things I could bring into and recognize that give me joy, positivity, happiness, excitement, vibrancy into my life that I'm not doing anymore? So I want you to journal on that. That is your journaling practice. And I'm going to just rant to you guys about my discoveries as I did this. So like I mentioned, as I did this and I thought and I, I even wrote down the stories, my depiction of the situations. And I was like, well, this was happening. I was isolating myself. I was nervous to fully say and express something because what if I what if I what if I slip the secret? Right. Um, I was spending a lot of time in isolation in both bed rest and into early motherhood and also in high school. Like there was a lot of times where I was like just I just wanted to isolate myself a lot. And then when I think of those times in my life where there has I have as memories as light shining, it was times where I was out and about a lot. I was going from one thing to the next in a good way. All things that I was wanting to do that really led to um, purpose. For example, when I was going to school and teaching group fitness and working the front desk and just starting to date my husband, 
man, I think about how much that crazy young 20 something year old was doing, but I, and I was building my coaching business on top of all that. And man, like I felt so full and fulfilled off of life. Like even though a lot of those things were doing things, I was really doing them because I loved who I was becoming as I did them. I loved being around people at the gym, especially the early morning crew. Like successful people wake up at 5 a.m. to work out. I met a lot of really amazing people working the front desk at the gym and they're they're just incredible. They have crazy, incredible work ethics, right? And then teaching group fitness lit my head on fire because it was movement and music and other people and being in a new relationship is always fun and exciting. And I still get those butterflies in my stomach from my husband and when we spend time together and, and everything like that. But I was just noticing that a lot of my really happy times were when I was around others. And when I am around others and collaborating with others and connecting with others in a lot of different capacities, like in real life, face to face. And when I look at my life, when I was really starting like bed rest and even before bed rest, like with my business, I did let go a lot of like in real life stuff because so much of my business was growing online. Like I was getting customers and and team members and everything like that from all across the country, not necessarily locally. So I think that got my heart out of touch with a lot of stuff. And then as a new mom, you're just like, well, going out and being around other people sounds more tiring than just like staying here, us. But as my kids are older now, I'm really starting to recognize like I'm craving that friendship, that in real life community and connection the volunteering, the being a member of my church and like seeing people. And I think a lot of people can relate to that, especially after 2020, kind of realizing like we are not meant for social distancing and it shouldn't have even been called social distancing. It should have been called physical distancing. Like I even just read that in Dr. Amen's Your Your Brain is Always Listening book. I'll reference this a couple times throughout the month because it is just a really good book. It's called Your Brain is Always Listening by Dr. Amen. And it like social distancing and for even introverts need connection and community and collaboration and seeing people even if it's like just seeing that smiling person at a grocery store or you know being around and I'm like I have just spent so many years recently isolated by myself and you know, the connections that I do have are people, um, they're mostly like not local to me. But I will say, like, I started just really feeling so much gratitude as I've gotten to know a lot of my neighbors. Like, the my neighborhood is just filled with such cool people. And I want to even get to know my neighbors even more. I mean, everybody's busy. We all have things and kids with different ages. But we have a group of neighbors that we've recently just become, I want to say become close with, close acquaintances with. And it's just been kind of cool to even have that type of thing where we're just can casually say hey to each other. And actually like one of my high school friends is also one of my neighbors. And so I think that's just super cool and full circle. But when I, when I reflected on the like, here's when I noticed like I really was in a dark space 
and here's when I was like really in, you know, like when I wasn't having to work so hard on my mental health. And then I was like, oh my gosh, Joelle, well, you need to bring more of these things into your life. And you also need to recognize when you are too isolated, when you haven't gotten out of the house, when you haven't been around other people. And just that that self-reflection, I hope that it takes you somewhere really positive too. So a little bit about me also pairing off with a journaling prompt for you. And I really do want you to take some time to think about that when it before you come to next week's episode. All right, my friend, thank you so much for listening today. If you could leave a review for the podcast, I am just so grateful for your kind words, your reviews, you tapping that five star. If you're on Spotify, I know like I've got messages. I can't review on Spotify, but um, you can review on Apple iTunes. You can rate on Spotify. It really does help so much. I appreciate even the small gesture of you sharing this with a friend. Give the podcast a follow. Share with somebody who struggles with mental health this month, and I hope to just bring bring some stories, experience. Maybe you can just connect to some of the things that have helped me. And like I said, I am no doctor. I am no physician, therapist, or psychologist. And if you really do need that type of health, help and support, no shame in your game. I did too. I do too. I still love going to my therapy special sessions, especially when I've gotten very comfortable with my therapist and She's gotten to know me and it's been very helpful because we can really get to a lot of the bottom of things. So thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to today's episode. It did cause me to get a little sweaty and vulnerable, especially talking about my teenage years. So I do appreciate it and thank you so much for listening, my friend. I'll talk to you in the next episode.